Culture podcast secret wars crossover event 17 episode battle for supremacy at an all time indie rap podcast. Who's gonna win? It's gonna be nine title crossover event. All right, nine issues. If you only buy three issues, uh uh uh, you have to get Incredible Hulk to find out part seven. Yeah, you got to buy right. the Dazzler one-off from the X-Men joint. You got to buy the Dazzler. <laughs> Yo, it, when they did a lot of crossovers, it was ill because one time they did, um, like, they threw the Power Pack in there. And I yeah. know people are familiar with Power Pack. And it was like, you know, they're young kids, really young kids mm-hmm. with powers or whatever. And I remember it, it made people buy that book. Like, those numbers went skyrocketing because there of the crossover. There you go. Yeah, so you're going you know to have to do that with our show. But we are, well, first of all, I'm 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 the host again tonight. The the leader. Not again. Not again. Me and Alaska been hosting for weeks. You've been sitting there playing with your background. But people but people people tend to say my mine are more memorable. My interviews are way Who's, more hotter. Who says that? Who said you know people, I mean? people say that? Who says that? Who Look, said this, that? I'm just saying, man. You know, oh, yeah. Numbers are on the board. Somebody? I'm doing Steph Curry numbers out here with the host. And Steph Curry's hurt. When he comes back, you know, nonetheless. Oh, wow. Listen to this. I'm your host, wow. Zilla Rock. And we got Curly Castro. In all blue, representing the away team right now. I'm kind of mad at that. What's up with you, man? You know what I'm saying I'm, I'm 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 um I'm fighting gravity right now. Fighting gravity <laughs> recordings. <laughs> Wait, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, we got we got Alaska by the window unit. He always got the good window unit every week. I got always got to keep my window unit ready. I'm gonna have to take the air conditioner out soon though, because my question to you is: getting a little chilly in here. Your neck, does your neck get shaped from? Uh, is it installed it, all like with the wood plank and the drill? Oh yeah, or of is course. It just the, yeah, you uh, you no, disappoint I, I, me. No wood plank. I got like the official like metal joint. Uh, uh, you you got to screw me, into man. the windowsill. You got to get your drill bits out. You got to line everything up. Nah, Z never lends me the drill, so I never. Yeah. I, wanna, I don't. Right. I don't buy one because I borrowed Z's drill. So my <laughs> air conditioner is being held up by two books on the outside windowsill to destroy to balance it up, and um, <laughs> the window pressed firmly down with uh, blankets and comforters in between. So my That's cats true. don't this walk out. That's true. This is accurate. Out. I've seen it. Don't walk uh, out. Wait, Alyssa, do you, do you get like the the birds building the nest inside a little pocket at your joint? I haven't gotten it in this one. I had um, in another room. I had an air conditioner unit because I'm not. I'm not at my place in Brooklyn. I'm at my place upstate. So he always says that it's you know I gotta let people know. I'm I'm at my apartment. Multiple multiple homeowners. Yes. Oh yeah. It's that podcast money. That good revenue stream. Revenue stream. Yeah. You can take his child to um, Natural Springs and they jump over waterfalls. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful life. But um, so I didn't have the thing to hold the air conditioner up and it was pulling the window and it's like very old windows in this house. And every time I would come back, there would be a dead bird stuck between the windows. Oh, no. So I'd have to get the barbecue tongs. Uh, <laughs> pull the bird out. Okay. So I will bring the tongs next time we barbecue. Oh, but I do have a confession. It wasn't just comforters. You know how to... Um, the air conditioner comes with like the extra like a uh, foam thing yeah, to help you yeah. with like gaps. Like the, yeah, so like I just the, the yeah, I kept it. I kept it wrapped the way it was and shoved it in somewhere. So like I use all the pieces I get. But um, this is anyway. good. Well, this, this is why people salute us for a free flowing conversation. We're talking about <laughs> barbecue talks and dead birds out here. Word. So <laughs> let's 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 bring in our uh, our our friends, our 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 peers, dudes we've looked up to. 
Me and Casher has been biting everything these guys have been doing for the last year. Yep. <laughs> Dude, we just we just take <laughs> good great. notes. We're coming the up pod. on the books next. The books are next. We gotta start doing the books. Nice. So we got we got blueprint, we got a logic from super duty tough work, weightless recordings, all no, time. Nominated for Pod Dead Prez. You know what God I'm damn saying? Right. Welcome, gentlemen. This is great to have you both. Yeah, it's good what to be, up, good to be what here. What up? What up? This is yes, uh, the, uh, I think this the is most Prince, infamous. The, the most infamous, infamous podcast. And this is uh print is now um Halfway to Robidori. This is his third appearance. Yeah. It's three P. Mm-hmm. It's your first three P. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, you're no. like John Paxson right now. You're not Oh, big balls. time. Running over the sunset to take over the team. <laughs> I'm a Jerobi of this podcast. Jerobi. <laughs> and let me tell you how smart Jerobi was, because he dipped off for uh beats, rhymes, and bullshit. And he, no, wasn't he wasn't really on midnight. Around. He wasn't on midnight. He was. He was around. He was the inspiration. No, he they said in the book. He said they say he was there. Was he making he was waffles. Like, the mechanical yeah. voice does mention Jerobi a few times. Bong bong. Where was he, bro? He wasn't. He was I, there. I don't know. I was there. I'm just saying. What, I'm telling you what. they called evolutionary series said. I tell you what. His absence is better bars than consequences. Actual bars on the project. So let's continue. Let's continue on. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So we're we're really lucky to have the Super Duty Tough Work Weightless Legends, because both these dudes get busy. I mean, goddamn, is it's Elijah got his new record Autopilot, which. We were lucky enough to hear. And then Prince got his goddamn book. Was your seventh book now? Come on, bro. Fourth book. Fourth. Is it your fourth book? <laughs> yep. And a lot of what what number album is this? Uh it's my eighth full length. Listen, 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 y'all. Oh, this is my eighth full length. You know, I got EPs, love things out there. You know how many yeah. records I got? Two. Two, <laughs> Two records, all right. I'm on the treadmills at night, man. I'm doing. I'm trying, man. You're you're, you're like the mad rapper, like early on. It's like this is my, my but, two um, album, yo. But a logic to um for our listeners, you started as literally a teenager. You did the LL Cool J, correct? Yes, yes, okay. definitely did. So this is Kobe here, y'all. Rest yeah. in peace to the great Kobe. This is a guy that was in 19 and is still doing it. You know, what Tyson I'm Chandler. Tyson Chandler's still getting checks, right? Yes, and Logic's got eight rows on his Bandcamp page. That's all you need to know. <laughs> click that more button many yeah. times. The more. Yeah, go down. And then the um, we also have, um, you know, the great Blueprint, uh, Label Runner, uh, Blade Runner. You know what I'm saying? Time Jumper, better than Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Author. My man is a, a filmmaker. Okay, because mm-hmm. see, see I, uh, you know, I, I did, you know, this is not Smack DVDs. Filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he has reels. Like I've seen him. You know what I'm saying? Like those big things. He got reels. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, say uh, co-created a great podcast. So we wanted to have these gentlemen on for Zilla's going to continue. We, for um, I, I guess it's more about it, it's an amazing time to have two guys on who we got. We got one person with a book, another one with an album, and. The larger scope to zoom back, I, I guess, before we get into the newest stuff with you guys is the thing what you guys talk about on your show all the time, which I love, what you've been doing from day one years ago until now is work ethic. Like to me, it's no surprise that all the cats that I first heard you guys with in what, 99,000, Nine? something like that. Like there's only yeah. but a few left from that class that I'm even still thinking about. I'm still checking. I'm still listening to. And it's not even like drudgery of like, oh, well, I mean, I used to like this dude when I was in college. Maybe I'll check this record. It's still like a lot of energy and things to discover and new stuff happening. And so uh, you, you guys have touched on it a lot, but like what 
to be in this place where a lot of you got your eighth record print you got your fourth book like what what is it to where you're just not like because most people from your graduating class of, of when you first broke through kind of like yeah you know i've arrived in 10 years you know I've, i got a good job somewhere I'm, I'm posted up i'm doing whatever like why is it still to be oh yeah like you said on your show I'm, I, you're, you're you're working on your next book you know logic's like this is my first produced album by myself like how does it to a point where you're still excited to do it with the work i think you've you've had all this time like how how is how are you still able to go keep it going uh you want to go first or you want me to go uh you can go okay uh, for me it's it's probably two different things the, the first thing i would say is like you know i've always had this thing where i was like yo if i ever get there to where this shit can become a job then i'm not gonna fuck it up mm-hmm. you know so there's always been like this fear of being a dude who like had it like you're saying like all the cats we came up with and so many of them ain't here you know and we've seen a lot of this stuff happen in real time even within like our our local hip-hop scene where there was many cats who had head starts on us cats who was you know who was given the crown in terms of you know the pub Mm -hmm. high accolades the affiliations we didn't have none of that and so from the beginning we had to kind of like, as they say, get it out the dirt. You know, we was we wanted this, the deals that everybody had. We wanted to get, you know, the, the deal with, with Bobito and get played on. You know what I'm saying? Fondling. Yeah, yeah fondling. We wanted that, but we couldn't get those looks. So it was like, okay, well, if y'all want to do something, y'all going to have to learn how to, to, to make your own tapes, dub them, put the stickers on them yourself, book your own shows, go out here and, like, hustle. And if you make it, any contacts, then that's just – somebody you know who's on a similar path and that kind of ethic that kind of started we started with that to where like we didn't have none we knew we wasn't gonna get signed mm. so he was like well i guess we should just put our own shit out mm. that shit worked out for us but the work ethic we had was just like wanting to be like the best for me it was like i wanted to be the best locally i wanted to just be respected i never mm-hmm. looked at it like i would have a national career when i first started i just looked at it like yo i was seeing guys who came up before us like spirit you know, uh, the megahertz, uh, the intellect, Brothers Grimm. These these are like mm. legendary Columbus hip hop shit. And we looked at them like, you know, I just want to be respected like them. And But I knew that like, yo, I don't have no cosigns. None of these guys taught me how to make beats. Mm. I'm not in the crew with none of them really. So whatever we do, we got to just go hard at it. So like I applied the same work ethic I had and everything, which is like, if you get an opportunity to do this, do it. You know what I'm saying? Or I don't want to be the guy whose fans really rock with him, but then he falls off. And they're like, man, you know, that fool used to be real dope. But you know what I'm saying? He don't even, he going through the motions. He mailing it in on every album because I have rappers like that who I say those words about. And it mm-hmm. kind of breaks my heart that I got to say them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, that's that's probably the, the genesis of it for me. I, I mean, logic will probably be a little different, but that's it, the beginning for me. Dope. Yeah, for for me, it was just, you know, starting out, I just wanted to be the best rapper I could be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to, you know, because coming up, I was <clears throat> I was a teenager going up to our, um, you know, the Groove Shack and, you know, just wanting to be the best rapper I could be. And, you know, eventually it turned into, okay, now we got, I, I want to sell records. I want to go on tour. I want to, you know, and every time, Every time that something new happened, it was like, okay, we reached this level. I want to get to this level. And one thing about me, even though at times 
I can get kind of complacent, you know, but I think one thing that has helped me honestly is the years that we've done this podcast because it's really given me, <clears throat> given me things to shoot for. And a lot of things that we talk about, you know, were things that I was lacking, you know, as an artist, even though I've had the drive because I love the art and I love writing and I love, you know, doing it. And I love putting records out and I love, you know, giving the fans something to hear as far as my career. I didn't necessarily have the drive to do that and really focus on it and be, you know, as impactful and powerful as I could be. And, you know, with us doing this podcast for the last few years, it's really given me a lot of things to think about. It's really given me a lot of things to talk about. And, you know, the fact that I'm putting those things out there with print on a weekly basis, I can't be sitting back on my laurels and, you know, see, have people see me talking about these things and not mm. doing them myself. Mm -hmm. So it's putting a fire under my ass to, you know, make sure that I'm living up to the things that I'm telling other people that they should be doing and that's good for them. So, you know, and again, I just want to constantly get better at my craft, man. Like the love is never left. The love is only getting stronger just to be creative, not to be, you know, the best MC, the best producer, but I just want to be the best me that I could be. And I want to continue to grind and continue to grow and continue to, you know, push myself to, you know, be the best that I can be. That's dope, man. And I like, I like when you, how you just talk about doing the pod every week and we've only been doing it for like a year and change, but I know about like having a job, I got a family and I got a bevy of records being written and coming out, but it's like this, doing the sh a show every week and then you have to, you know, get guests or potentially do something topical or just do something you think is fun between both you guys, like how it is with us three. It's, you have to prep for it and then you have to edit the show, come up with the artwork every week, promote it, plug it. And I've seen for us, it's like now it's just a part of our routine like anything else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To be like, okay, every Monday or every Tuesday, sometimes we're going to be doing it. And the goal is to get it out by like Thursday, Friday, you know, mm -hmm. something comes up maybe Saturday, but we're not going to miss any time with it. And I feel like for us three, and again, following when your guys leave, where you didn't take any fucking breaks every week, every week. And then what you do when you, when you guys did announce a break, I was like, wow, that's really weird. I'm not going to get anything from super duty. This it, week. It, it, um, <laughs> it invokes, <laughs> it invokes discipline. I've been doing exactly. five. I've been doing podcast publishing was like three, four, maybe four or five years because I had mm -hmm. another pod before we started this one. And so it gives you something to look forward to, but it also, you know, um, organizes your week. So like, so cats that like uh, go to the, go to the Y on, on Wednesdays to meet up, you know, to play their volleyball or whatever. It's the, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, hip hop centric. And um, I, I had a question about uh, content because that mm -hmm. is something that we have, um, started uh hearing from whether it be listeners and stuff like con like people seem to have an opinion once you become somewhat uh, relatively known about what content should be on your platform and not necessarily what shouldn't be but always like what should be and 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 not what you've done already you know what i'm saying you know nobody gives a pat on the back for that but it's like what you what you haven't done or you haven't done in a timely manner like how do y'all um or how do y'all balance? You should be doing? Yes, how how do y'all balance content um, creation, or is that just um, part of y'all still? Uh, y'all just do what y'all want. 
for me, I just try not to give a fuck what nobody says. <laughs> exactly. Your logic can That's tell you good. straight up, like when it comes to people talking shit about us, I mean, I get, um, I've seen, I've shown him, I get emails like hate mail <laughs> fools all the time. It's not, it's not it. you. No, know, you, you don't smile like, much. You don't really give me any gems. So of course, yeah. I would send you a hate, and, and hate the week. thing, what I've realized is like, if you ain't, even when people disagree with us, we make them feel something. Yeah. Okay. That's and because we're kind of uncompromising and like who we are, it's going to automatically be engaging. And like some of the best compliments I've gotten from, from people who listen to us is like, yo, I don't even necessarily agree with everything y'all say, but you always, it's always well thought out. Your positions are sound. And even if I don't agree, it's entertaining to listen to. Mm. now and but there's always going to be people and we notice this from the beginning that there's going to be people who disagree with us and people who 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 listen to the podcast thinking it's going to be one thing and then it's something completely different mm. and sometimes mm. that's like me saying okay well i know what y'all expect me to say kind of like the the rappers we're supposed to like but we actually don't type of thing. <laughs> yes love like, that yeah. so i know who y'all think i'm supposed to like but let me tell you why we don't like none of these fools. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I don't like Tupac. You hear me? Right. Oh, we hate like Tupac. No. <laughs> Freddie Gibbs, he sucks. Like, yo, chill. Chill. <laughs> chill. I'm with y'all. Name, oh. name, name a better run than Bandana and Alfredo. Anyway, he's, he's, he's name like, a better he, run? Quote, quote, he quote can, a lyric. He, he can uh, rap. Yeah, he quote, 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 quote a lyric. Give me the music. Give me the song. No, 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 no. Quote a lyric, Z. Well, yeah, where's bars at? No, Z, Z, about the bars. Z, Z, Z is, Z is a curious case with this. It is about Z the bars. Yeah, about he the has bars. no bars. You, he's, you can't. Yeah, the bars. It's not memorable. It's melody. It's that bounce. It's that swing. It's the beats. It's the hook. I don't go to this dude you know to be what like, I, you oh, know what man, else I memorized? Take me to the mountain, sir. I memorized that. What word? I don't know. Man, wait, 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 wait. Where's that Conway CD he burned you for? Go as Conway if he wants to help you out. You, why did you look? Like, like that me and the oh, yeah, customer go, go service. Oh, your father's like the red. See if he cares. Nobody cares. Conway don't care about you, bro. Well, not where, where. Where we at now? Where we at? All right, we from a king to. A, where we at now? Can we can we reset it? King to king, a god. King to a duck. Go ahead. Go on. Great, wow. Wow. We don't. We don't really care what people think. You know, like I've gotten emails, and there was we did a, a episode once that was about like uh, we did like a debate about whether. Uh, whatever is a chance was right to give like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to the school system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> logic sit on the side of the, of the pro argument, and I sat on the anti argument. Man, the comments on SoundCloud was pages of people cursing me out for saying that. <laughs> like, because we were like, "Yo, the money is not the problem with the school system." You know what I'm saying? Mm. That was basically the stance we took, but that's a politically incorrect thing to say. And so some people were just like, yo, you can't say that. They just need more money, more money, more money. And we, even though we articulated why that was, you know, and he had the counterpoint, like they still went in on us. But I just ignore that stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I did it for the, what, the episode we did about uh, why female MCs fail. Mm. Same thing, same thing. Yeah. Sometimes we talk about stuff and I don't even trip about it because I try to remind myself, like, we started doing this podcast for us. You right. The, the nexus of this is two friends having a conversation saying stuff that they probably wouldn't say in public, but being sincere and honest. And as long as we're sincere and honest, 
then I don't care if we don't appeal to the masses or if we have some some shit that's politically incorrect to say, because it's the same shit that we all practice in our music, right? Like we don't sit around making songs hoping that it appeals to everybody. We make what we want to make in the moment, and if that works in that moment, then then we ride with it. We don't. I try not to worry about do other people like it until the record is done or assembled. But when I'm creating, I don't think about that. And I try to look at our episodes as an extension of our music. Like the point is to be honest as possible and creative. So we try to be creative with the topics and honest. And with that, some people ain't gonna get it. Some people are, and we just gonna keep pushing and keep doing it every week. And the thing is like, y'all understand because y'all have y'all's own platform as well. So it's not about what people want to hear or you know how they feel about certain things. I'm going to talk about what the fuck I want to talk about because this is my platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have the ability to, you know, whether you like it or not, just like Prince said earlier, like you're going to feel something after you listen to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whether you hate it or like it, it's going to make you, you know, probably post a comment or say why you don't agree or whatever. But we got our own platform. We ain't controlled by nobody else. What we want to talk about is what we're going to talk about. And like it or not, that's what's coming out. Not giving a fuck is a superpower. Facts. Oh, it is. Yeah. You ain't gotta wear a cape neither. Nope. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this then. So, all right, I want to get nerded out now, man. Let's when do it. here we go. So oh, I was wait, you want to hit a break? You want to hit a break? Yeah, well, let's, do, let's let's why, why don't we why don't we do our, our logic commercial we've been running? Bang! Come back after this logic commercial. Talk the logic about the record. Where? Right. Oh, our Bye. culture super duty crossover. Shablow. Shablam. Shaboing. Shablam. Shabuya. What's up, everybody? Your logic here. If you didn't know, Autopilot is now pre ordering, set for release October 20th, 2020. Reserve your copy today. We got limited edition purple vinyl, we got CDs, we got t shirts, we got posters, we got stickers, multiple packages available. Go to iamelogic.com or elogic.bandcamp.com to reserve your copy. This is a special record to me, my first self-produced joint. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys. You know what I'm saying? So don't sleep. All right, y'all. Peace. Call Out Culture Podcast. Super Duty Tough Work. In the house. The crossover event. Episode 7. Boom. Knuckles. Bong Knuckles. to the bong, Junior. So sure. I actually got a quick question for you guys. It's, it's it. kind of like I was listening to how you're talking about, you know, getting your start. And I think because of our history, you know, I sort of have some connection to that and understanding of that. Um, and we all sort of came up through a time together where it was like the shit kind of like got big, mm-hmm. yeah. exploded, and then it just stopped. How did you persevere through that time? Like, I know, like, I had to take a t- take time away. Like, my my shit was in shambles, and I had to like <laughs> clean myself up and get myself back on a, like a better path. What year would you say that was? For me, that was like 2008. Like, I was just yeah. like, I was drinking way too much. My group fell apart. The record label went under, um, and I just wasn't in a good headspace and had to like sort of vanish for a while. But how did y'all persevere through that period where like the sort of it seemed like we kind of came to an end of what was going on at that point. 
Yeah, it was. It definitely was like that right around 08. And I've, yeah. I've talked about that to people because it was like you had like retail dying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. around and the big retail chains were dying. You had MP3s gaining popularity. And so that was killing us, too. You know, you had the housing bubble burst. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was all that was 08, you know. Yep. So then you had like the press who previously loved us turned their back and started insulting all underground rap. Yep. Like yep. being being labeled an underground rapper uh around 07, 08 was like a pejorative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like the but it was, it was like all hair metal. Yeah. Prior to then, it was like, you know, they all had moved on to dip set. Yeah. Diplo, clips, clips, yep. that kind of yep. thing. We got yeah. it for cheap. Yeah. And to us, it was like they the same writers was now clowning us. I remember I got like uh reviewed in uh Pitchfork. They gave like 1988 like one out of ten or something like Get that. The fuck you was alive. Are no, you no, serious? No, they yeah. shitted on that record. They didn't even review, they didn't even really, they just shitted on it. They shit it all over that record. They did the same thing to us with Sweep the Leg. It was like, I wanted to find the guy. I was like, this is personal. It's not even like, yeah. you're not even talking about the record. Like, I'm find him fucking you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> same thing here. It was like, yeah. when I read it, I was like, he's not even talking about the record. He's talking about underground hip hop. The yeah. same. Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. shitting on everything, but using my record as a springboard for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so how that- it was in 2009 when Diabolical came out. Cats were shitting on it all over the place. Yeah, I love Diabolical. Yeah, and and so like that time was weird because it was like so. And then you know also for us too, it was like there was a lot of uh, passings and death. That was like Prism Pass, Mm Kamuteo Pass, that guy Damon Dawson Pass. So it's like the scene in Columbus was changing, Mm -hmm. and um, it was it was rough. So like I remember that point, I was just like, yo, I don't know if I'm gonna have a career on the other side of this Adventures in Counterculture record. Because mm-hmm. prior to that, I was like, I'm just going to work on music and try to reinvent and go somewhere that's in my mind where I think this shit is going to go. And uh, it took me longer than expected. But while I was sitting there working on this record, like you're saying, Alaska, like all this shit was happening. I'm like, yo, the <laughs> bottom is falling out of this shit while I'm trying to make this record. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure if I'm going to even have an audience or a career when they'll come back, if I'm mm-hmm. able to come back. And right. um, I just remember telling myself like, yo, if you got to put out something that guarantees you 10 more years, no matter what, whether they love it, they hate it, you have to put out something that gets you from 2011. Because remember, I dropped in 2005 um, and then Soul Position was 2006. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't put out another real record till 2011. While all this stuff was going on, I was just like music. Because if, if I'm meant to have a career after this, it's going to be on the back of my music. And so that's why how I looked at it, like, yo, it's time to get more adventurous, more, just do more. Don't even worry about the scene. Don't worry about the press. Don't worry about none of that shit. You just stay in here until you can do something that you are ultimately just like proud of that stands the test of time and, and opens a door for you to have that second career. Because I looked at everything up to that. I look at like 99 to like you're saying, 08 is just like my first 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, if I'm lucky enough to have one, un- unlike many people who were going through the same thing, then it's going to be on the back of this one thing. And that's mm-hmm. why I put so much into that record. So I started doubling down. I was like, if I'm into, if I'm trying to learn how to play, I'm going to try to learn even more. If I'm thinking about getting musicians, get even more musicians. Mm-hmm. If you want to shoot a music video for this thing, don't do that. Shoot six. So like when I came to Rhymesters, when I turned to that Adventures Encounter, they only paid for one music video on that record. Mm-hmm. I had six. 
Fiverr had animated music videos, all of that. All, every money, every all the money I made, everything I made during that time, I pumped into that record. Damn. You nice. know what I'm saying? And so like they did they so it was just like, look, y'all, y'all don't have no excuses. I'm giving y'all everything. I'm giving y'all everything I got in the tank musically. I'm giving y'all six music videos, the whole thing. I'm paying for all of them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna just get out here. And then once I had an opportunity to do it and to keep going, it was like, okay, well, you can actually make this work. And then for me personally, something that I, I discovered during that time that kind of helped me through it was blogging. Like in mm. 2000, mm. 2009, I started blogging. And through blogging, I kind of learned like a different way to make money than touring. Mm. So when I started blogging in 2008, I started kind of getting into the traffic thing and seeing like, so there was a period between 2008, 2010, I was blogging two to three times a week. Yeah, you were, you were pretty frequent. And in doing so, I started noticing, okay, well, this is creating traffic that's going back to my website. And this traffic that's going back to my website is buying merch. You know what Mm. I'm saying? And so even though I don't have a record out and even though the scene is weird, I'm, I'm having a deeper connection with my fans now. Then maybe I had the and I was I was starting to develop my own platform separate from Rhyme Sayers. And at that time, I knew that things had to change. Like when all the retail shit fell out, the first thing I started thinking was distribution is dead. Mm. And I was like, OK, if distribution is going to be dead next, if the stores is dead and distros dead, as we know it. And if that's the truth, then we need to start looking at direct to fan connections. So when I did the uh, the, the the Blueprint verse Funkadelic. The blueprint who <laughs> those records were strictly to test those were the first records i ever did that never touched a record store those nice. records were done strictly to test my theory about where the shit was going and how important a uh, direct to fan connection would be so that's when i started getting on top of my mail order he started okay we'll do the poster with the cds all this stuff i was doing 06 07 you know what i'm saying 08 but i was doing it because i had a feeling that the, this shit wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be there me mm-hmm. when I came back. So I was like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to start cultivating this relationship, this direct relationship. This is this is common now. But right. back then when I was doing that, some people were looking at me like, what do you mean you ain't gonna sell us the record? Like Fat Beats, so like, what do you mean you ain't gonna sell us this? Uh-huh. What do you mean you're not gonna go through distribution? What do you mean you're gonna sell it directly on your site? Like we got all your other records. And I was like, nope, you're not getting this. Wow. This is This is so I can build up my email list. This is so I can build up, you know what I'm saying? And then like Bandcamp was starting to become a new thing around yep. then too. Yep. You know so that that those are the things that kind of got me through that period where everything got bad. It was like having a direct connection and, and testing my theories on that back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like doubling down on the music. That's kind of how I made it through that era. And then once I got to that Adventures in Counterculture record, you know, I felt like that just set me up for these next... 10 years, which is it's nine years since the anniversary of that record. So I feel like what I saw and everything that I thought about the direct connection is all in place now. Fire. What about you, Elijah? Yeah, like for me, um, I actually went the complete opposite direction because after Celestial came out, um, I ended up going on, I, I went on tour and I missed the birth of my youngest son out on the road. Mm. And you know, I was married. I had um, two other kids at the time, and that really bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, being away and being gone, mm-hmm. and not being able to, you know, share in those moments and the things I was missing. And I started to, 
you know, really get look internal and see, you know, what was what was important to me at the time, you know, and at the time, because I did have a family, unlike, you know, a lot of the cats that I was rocking with, I had a decision to make, you know, am I going to continue down this path? And this was 2004, like after Celestial, 2005 ish, after Celestial came out and I was at the peak of my career at the time as well. You know, like Celestial, like dropped like a freaking atomic bomb. And I had choices to make. You know, I went on one tour. I came home and I was already slated to go on another tour within a month after I had already missed my son's birth. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, and fortunately for me, um, I had to make that decision. And I chose to take a break and spend time with my family. And help, you know, and be around my children and raise my boys. And I took from 2004 to 2009 or 2008 really off. And I didn't put out any music. Um, I was still writing and recording. But, you know, I was more concentrated on the family. I ended up, you know, finishing um, my degree, my first degree. Um, you know, got a good job. But I was still writing and I still had the love for it. And I came back with Diabolical Fun in 2009, you know, and I was watching all of this stuff happening, you know, mm-hmm. while I'm taking care of my family. But the love for the art and the love for the music never left. So even with all of these changes, I still was like, fuck it, I'm just going to put something out and something that I, I enjoyed making, something that was completely different from Celestial. You know, I purposefully did that. And, you know, just tried to let people know that I was still here and, you know, that I was still one of the illest on the mic, you know, even though I was gone for five years that I, that I didn't lose a lose a step, you know, and in doing that and coming back, I believe that, you know, it let my fans know that I was still here. But also for me, even though Diabolical didn't do as well as I had hoped, but just the fact that, you know, I could put that record out. I did a tour um, for that record as well. And, you know, it was it was it was as good as it could be, you know, for the time, especially with me going being gone for five years. But, you know, it gave me the confidence to continue to keep going. And I, you know, continue to drop records after that. So, you know, during that time, I really just took a break and concentrated on my family and, you know, kind of just came back because of the love of the art, you know, and everything else be damned. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it was for me. Can I ask you a follow-up question on that? Yeah. How do you feel that that impacted your creativity? So being sort of outside of the scene almost, like, you know, putting your time into other things, how do you feel like that impacted your your process and the way you create and the things that you write about versus had, you know, when you were like really in it before? Like, honestly, in that time, I think I wrote some of, you know, and some stuff that never came out, but I think I wrote like some of the most poignant stuff that mm-hmm. I had ever written because, you know, I was in a marriage, we were young, you know, we were trying to figure things out, how to be parents. I had boys, I had, you know, like try to provide for them, all of this stuff. So I had so much more to write about and so many more things that I that were impacting my life and impacting my creativity, mm-hmm. you know, and at that time, I didn't have anything else outside of poetry and writing rhymes because I wasn't making beats yet. I wasn't, you know, doing 
you know, I didn't have a camera yet. I wasn't doing any of that other stuff. All I had to channel it was the rhymes. Mm -hmm. So I think in that time, because I was growing and becoming a man, it gave me so much more to write about. And it gave me so much more of a foundation to build off of as a writer and as an MC. Let's do it. Why don't we take, why don't we take a break, man? Because this, this shit is right. dope. It's heavy. It's this is heavy. I love it, man. Heavyweight, but it's good. Gem drop. And then you're going to start nerding out about Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to nerd out about old pot. Are you crazy? <laughs> what else am I going to do with it? Talking to you? Right, I don't think so. Here we no. go. <laughs> All right, we'll take right a break. Back. Come back. Crossover. Saga. Call out. Culture. Call out culture. Super dude. Nihilist Millennial, the album from Cargo Colts, Me and Alaska, is available now exclusively on Bandcamp. We've been talking about it on the show. Played mad joints. We did a live from the liner notes. Digital available now at recordcrew.bandcamp.com. Alaska is doing probably the greatest rapping of his entire career on this record. I'm doing all the beats. Castro is the only guest along with myself. We got Cryptic One doing all the mastering. The Almighty Gang, aka King Vision Ultra, did all the packaging and design, which is insane. CDs are just about gone forever, but you can get the Digi t shirt, fucking necklace, and the hoodie all available now at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. We really appreciate your support for this record. This joint is booming and flying off the shelves, literally. I'm not just saying that to sell a record even harder. All right, Nihilus Manalia from being Alaska. They're all available. Bang! Koal Culture Podcast. Super Duty is here. Bong, bong, and bong the third. The logic's here. Yo, you know what's funny? The first two times we had Blueprint on it, we had him the first time we was talking capitalism. Then we had him talking police. Yeah. And like when me and Castro in Philly, like guns going off, houses being exploded, and Print was on the call. We were like, "Oh, hold on, that's just our city burning up in the background." Yeah. <laughs> that was that was cool. Now we can just talk about yeah. regular old rap music, finally yeah. with, with the gods. So, all right. So this is an autopilot record, man. So I was playing it today, right? I was mm-hmm. walking around South Philly, and uh, I was listening to it a lot. And the first thing I thought of was. The, the production really, really reminded me of uh, Zavala and Dark Time Sunshine, where you're picking drum patterns that like aren't the in vogue drum patterns of today, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. It's not just like this, the 80 BPM boom bap slow down shit. And it's not like the 140 trap, you know, with the snare on the third. Like you're not. It's not a 2020 record in terms of like your production choices. So it really reminded me of Zavala when he was doing those dark time records where like someone have like a lot of fills in them and then different pockets that you're, you're not catching at first and then you start like nodding your head with the hook. So when you were when you were going into this record from a production point of view, you have to think about those things and print your producer too. So like, I guess it's for both of you guys, but more so first for Logic. When you're doing the beats, are you making them being like, I'm just making beats or I'm making this for me to rhyme on or no one else likes it. Fuck it. I'll take it. Well, a lot of those beats for autopilot were like in the first, maybe two, three years that I started making beats. So a lot of it was just experimentation. And, you know, you're the second person that, that told me about um, that said it, that the production reminds you of uh, Zavala. Um, but 
you know, I didn't go into it with any preconceived notions of how I wanted to make the beats for the record. Right. It just so happens that, you know, I'm a big drum dude. Like I've always considered even my rhyme style, you know, like more of a trumpet, more of, you know, like finding those little pockets mm -hmm. and things like that. And I've always been a huge fan of just live drummers, mm -hmm. you know, like I grew up in the church. So like church drumming was Ooh. I used to just be amazed Ooh. at just watching the drumming. And, you know, so when I started making beats, the drums were always important to me. Like that was one of, you know, I always wanted to make sure that my drum sounded good, my drum smacked, and yeah. that my drums didn't sound like the next man's drums. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the process of that, I was just making beats, but then I would make one and it'd be like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I would make one of those joints and it'd be like, oh, I'm going to set that to the side. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because this was before I started selling beats. This was before a lot of people even knew I was producing. You know, when I was making a lot of these. So, you know, a lot of it was just practice and experimentation and, you know, finding those little gems in the production that I was doing that like, oh, this is something for me. Oh, this is something for me. And then as I got, you know, five or six of those, like, oh, this kind of all is starting to sound like something, you know. So, you know, I didn't necessarily go into it with that mindset, but I always, you know, took care of my drums, always do and still do. It's the havoc lesson. It's the havoc shit. Yeah, for me, similar. Like, I don't really do theme stuff. Like, I just make beats. And uh, some will be dope, some will be whack, some will be experimental and weird. But I, only time I can do like weird stuff on purpose is if somebody says, hey, I, I just want some weird shit. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I'll start pulling weird records, you know. What or I mean? if you're making beats for me, yeah, Elijah, <laughs> weird guy, yeah, pretty much. Because I know what he likes, you know. What I'm saying, can I have like the weird, weird pack in the email? Thank you. Yep, he'll get all of that shit where I wouldn't play it for nobody else. Um, but I have it sitting on a hard drive, so I said, like, okay, let me. But then also with him, it's like there's nowhere I can't go with the beats with him. You know, and so I think he kind of carries that into his own style. Like he's always been into weird shit, you know, like he was rhyming with fucking Dose One and Y over weird ass Anaconda shit while we was doing Unforeseen Shadows. You know what I mean? <laughs> with them sound like they was all high and shit. Like, what is, Brave this? Man. what is the rhythm of this? I can't not. And then he'd come over and do some conventional shit with me. And so he's always kind of been on that. And so that kind of always has been in my bag because it was like, you know, I was just a producer for the whole crew. So I had to have a little bit of everything in the bag. Um, quick question, Logic, you're on float. You were on float, right? No, I was on uh, Labor, Labor Days. Labor Days. Yeah, on, 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 the, on the Labor Yeah, on the Labor Day song, I get this confused. Does he do anything with your vocals where they fade in and out? Yeah, they, they, they pan them, right? Yeah, he, he pans them. Okay. And, but are you and his vocals going on at the same time? That's the dose one. Yes. Oh, Same time. Okay. Did he tell you he was gonna do that before he, he did not? That? He did not. The, <laughs> the funny thing is, no. The the way that that happened was because we had planned on doing a song together, but we never talked about a hook. So both of us wrote hooks, oh. and we ended up using both of them <laughs> because it wasn't a plan to have a hook. Fire. So I wrote a hook, and he wrote a hook, and you know we. Like when we was recording it, 
He's like, fuck, let's just use both. He's like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's how that shit happened. I'll figure it out. Okay, that's dope. That's just fire, man. And what, what I like about the record too, um, for autopilot is like the arrangement. Like if it's one of them albums that feels like, and again, because you, you you're in charge of every part of it, but it feels like one long song, where it's mm-hmm. like it's a very specific thought pattern. But then to hear like, like I'm glad you talk about the drums. I talk about you know coming up in the church, like because I remember like Anderson Pack talked about that. Like he he went to church just to learn how to become a drummer. He didn't have mm-hmm. any inkling of a spiritual life. He was like, that's where the hottest musicians are. I gotta learn. I will be in church. Um, so it's interesting. Like, so when I was playing a record, I was like, the drums jumped out of me first. And then the, the sound pieces, I, I remember hearing you on, on super duty, like when you were first making beats and like the joy you had in your voice being like, Oh, I just got done making them or I just went digging or like, Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Like I'm doing it. Like I got the bug. And so now for this, so now here's like the culmination of that. How many of the, of the, the, of the beats are, digging pieces or things you're playing because i can't tell and i and I like that like i, I like when, when i don't know what the hell the sounds are most of it is me playing mm-hmm. there's a few songs that have a mixture of samples and me playing but like i said like in the beginning i was doing a lot of experimentation so i was trying to play chords i was trying to you know learn how to just do different things with sound and you know even some of them are things I recorded with my um, field recorder that I would just go out <clears throat> and just record like random shit and chop it up and sample it, you know? So I just did a whole bunch of really crazy different things and then using a lot of the effects processing and just learning what that stuff was and how to use that stuff. That's why a lot of the sounds sound like they do because again, I was just trying new shit you know, because it was new equipment to me and I was just trying stuff and, you know, always making, trying to make sure that things were in key, you know, because I used to play saxophone and things like that. So I had a musical ear, you know, so I I knew when something, you know, may sound a little off or, you know, things like that. But, you know, like it was really just a lot of me playing and a lot of me experimenting, but I did, you know, mix some samples in there. And it's really cool that a lot of people won't know what sample, what's not, you know, what's a mixture, like I did that purposefully and just wanting it to sound like something that hadn't been heard, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanted it to sound like something fresh and new. And, you know, I think I achieved that. You did brother, yeah, one of a kind, one of one. So it, let me ask you this, um, because I've, I've made like one beat in my life. Uh, does it feel more natural to you to like rhyme on your own shit? Like, do you feel like it's a more complete version of you when you're doing that? Or does it like, it doesn't really matter as long as it beats hot. Now it does. Yeah. At first, at first it was weird. You know, mm-hmm. at first it was, even though I liked the beat at first, it was weird to hear myself over something that I created and to be able to manipulate in ways that fit the song that, you know, like there was a lot of times that I would write to a beat when I first started. And then I would be like, oh, fuck, I should have put this here and put this there. And then I would realize like, oh, shit, like I made this. Like I could go <laughs> in and resequence, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I could go in and resequence this to fit exactly what I want it to sound like. 
you know, so initially it took some time to get used to that. Mm. But now, you know, it's it's the most natural feeling in the world. Like, you know, sometimes it feels weird when I do features and stuff that I'm rhyming over other people's beats now because I'm so used to Mm. being in full Mm. control of the sound and where the drops are going to be and, you know, all of that. And, you know, like it's 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 more weird now rhyming over other people's production than it is my own. All right, I want to flip that to print then. Since you did this the other direction, since you've been producer first, um, is there a relief when you're rapping over other people's beats, like RJ's or something, or is it just a different mode uh, when you're not? Sometimes it's, I'm with a logic in terms of like, sometimes it used to be weird to rhyme over my own beats. Like I don't, even to this day, like I have to sit with a beat of mine for a long time. It's like either I'm going to sit with it for a long time and be like, okay, now I get it. Now I think I might sound good over it. And I can listen to it thinking that it's for everybody else all day. It has to just be so definitive for me to immediately snatch it. Um, but but I think that's just because as a rapper, you always kind of first hear yourself over other people's stuff. And so sure. I always kind of envision myself over somebody else's beat, some other thing. And then when I sit down and listen to mine, like, why am I looking outside? I got some fire right here. I can just do this shit myself, you know, and I, and I got it. But yeah, it could be a little weird sometimes. But um, with RJ, it's it's relief in terms of I can just show up and rap. Okay. That's yeah. the life, really. Like, <laughs> I rarely get to do that, you know. Let's like put on my rap just, cat. Yeah, we joke about how he would just show up and rap at all the waitlist sessions, and I would just show up with like finished album, like poof, like magic. And, <laughs> cool, you know. Yep. But uh, I never got to experience that till I start working with RJ, and that's really the only context in which I show up and rap. I come. I mean, I'm still a part of the sequencing because I still will sequence some things on my own sometimes and send it back mm. to him. Like, hey, I was thinking of putting this part here and me rhyming over that, and then kind of get him at least like here's where I was thinking with this and let him kind of take off with it but um it's a relief in that I don't have to be there for the mix and I ain't got to really be there for a lot of that production uh heavy lifting and so that really allows me to really just be a rapper which is more fun you know what I mean like I I envy cats who get to just show up and rap hey you know what I'm saying you just and then finish project (laughs) oh shit sounds fire it's mixed mastered artwork done you know you just give somebody a picture next thing you know your artwork's laid out it's like mm-hmm. that's the life man so I mean, <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah uh, i want to say this part too peep this yes. so <laughs> so do you do you guys because you have this show every week and then you have topics and i know a logic i like what you said before you were saying how when you started doing the show, you started realizing like, wow, I'm not even like, there's things I need to challenge and push myself with. Right. Mm-hmm. So print, like since you've been doing all this new, you know, the, the, the film and the books and everything, like what did you have that moment too in the show? Where you're like, Hey, this topic we're talking about, I'm kind of bullshit myself about this. I need to. Well, yeah. Every week, into- <laughs> definitely, every, every week there's things we talk about that because we don't necessarily, we might, you know, get the bullet points together before we get on the air. Mm-hmm. But we haven't discussed none of those topics, none of the mm-hmm. bullet points until we start rolling. And so you don't know, but but it all makes you conjure up like examples in your career. Like, am I doing this? Mm. Do I need to be doing this? I know this is the right way. I can't argue with it. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, it's, 
But Should then you like, give the give the, the school all the money? I mean, sure. You know, <laughs> just tap yourself out. Yeah. And so uh, you know, so listen to it. It's the same thing for me. Like it, it definitely like makes me hold myself accountable because I also know that okay, there are people who listen to us who are creative people and use what we do in their careers, they apply it. And so I think to myself, well, I I have to be applying this shit too. They're they're looking at me like, okay, what's print gonna do? How's he gonna roll out this book? How's he gonna roll out his album? He's yeah. talking about promotion. What's his, how's he handling his social media? Is he handling it in a manner that he talks about on, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On the podcast, is is, it, is he business-like? Is, how's he doing his customer service? Is he gracious? Is he, you know what I'm saying? Or is he standoffish and, you know, trying to be a mystery man? So like all the concepts, talking about it reinforces the things that I've always kind of believed at a deep level, but it makes me put it out there in the, in the real space uh, and, and with some sort of accountability. So let me ask you yeah, this about, the, about the book. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, it's cool. Um, and I go back. There's a lot of times that me personally, like there's certain episodes that I go back and listen to just to get a refresher on like, how should I be doing this? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these are the things that we talked about before. And I know that I know what I should be doing, but let me make sure that, you know, I'm kind of in line with, you know, the things that, I put out there into the world, you know what I'm saying? And of course I'm a flip it and bounce it and do a little more. Um, and some things might not fit certain projects or whatever, but there's a lot of topics, you know, just, you know, how to put records out. You know, when, when we talked mm-hmm. about just how to put out an album, you know, like sometimes I would go back, like, let me make sure that I'm hitting all the steps, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that I'm yeah, not yeah. skipping nothing. You know what I mean? Like, so there's there's many episodes that I go back to personally and I might not listen to the whole episode, but I might, you know, go and like check out a couple bullet points. Like, you know, what did we what did we talk about and how am I, you know, working in that area? And, you know, the show is, like I said, has been like a huge godsend for me because it just gives me like Prince said, accountability. And also it's like a reference, you know, for for careers. Oh, we're going to put it into the LSAT format. Big thick ass super duty book. I was gonna say that um, for underground artists specifically, but artists in general, I think self realization is a very important key point. I remember talking to Z some years back, and um, in Philly we had a lot of grind artists. Like you know, they would just really just go out there try to be as uh, prolific and seen as possible. Rap buses and mm-hmm. bands and stuff like that. And you know, some of them weren't like you know everybody's flavor. Let's say. But I remember saying to Z, like, even if we say we don't like these MCs or we better than them or whatever, we cannot deny that they do maybe 50 times the work that we do. We were just there being creative, going to open mics, performing here and there. But I know there was a different level back in the day where these cats were getting busy. And we had, they, yes, they had less talent than us. And even anybody could see that. The optics were clear. But they worked like 15 times as hard as they and that was a realization we had to come to to realize, okay, we're getting these results because we're putting in about this much energy and that's the output. That's how the machine works. So then when we upped that, we had no excuse. There's no excuse really not to compete with your peers, especially if your talent oversees this. And so, you know, you have to realize that, I think, and just come to grips. Like, I think, um, Print, you, you mentioned earlier, like starting over in a sense. I think a lot of artists are scared to do that. You're starting from scratch. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. you might have done that. Um, one good example is like, all right, my group this year, Shrapnel. 
one thing we talked about on the label all the time with back was, was, you know, people know Prem and people know Castro, but y'all are actually new. It's a new name. If people are looking for it, they don't know what to look for, you know, so they might classify the sound somewhat different. So it's just, you know, being okay with that. I think there's a pride that goes into that. Um, people, you know, really get a honeymoon with a certain record or whatever and don't want to um, try to uh, move on from that. But yeah, self-realization. Um, yeah, I think yeah the honesty is very key. important. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you talk to artists, artistry is kind of like a mind fuck because you have to tell yourself and make yourself believe that you're dope enough to dope. Even push through it and keep going, right? Yes. And especially to get out there and promote your shit. Um, you got to believe in it. And sometimes you got to believe in it to an extent that's not even completely realistic. But at the same time, that self-belief can have you becoming lazy because you mm-hmm. believe so much that is just so dope that you don't got to do none of the legwork mm-hmm. with it. You know what I mean? And like our scene, like 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 you saying, like when you look at like those those the, the street rappers, like the gangster dudes, like they hustle like drug dealers. Right. That's you know the that's they practice. They know that's what they that. do. That's like I was talking to one of my homies about, I don't know if it was a logic last week or somebody was talking about, and I was like, one thing you gotta give a drug dealer is that they don't leave ten or twenty dollars uncollected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker hit them was, for twenty five at midnight. They gonna go get that twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ten o'clock in the morning. I got fifty four. I'm going to get it. Yeah. Rappers, we don't necessarily not not the 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 lyrical guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't all have that like hustler street mentality. We got yeah. like the I'm dope and y'all should get up on this shit because I ain't got to prove this shit. Listen to it. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Whereas the drug dealers are like, nah, I'm coming to get it. No matter mm-hmm. how small, I'm gonna sell this to you. I'm going to get mm-hmm. this money. I'm going to go back home. We're going to do the same shit tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was like that at shows back in the day, right? You'd be at yeah. the merch table mm-hmm. and there'd be like the big artists or the dope artists aren't at our merch table. Like we would say at our merch table the whole entire show. Yeah. And somebody comes over and looks at their CDs and they're not there. We're like, here, come here, come look at this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, you know, we, we learned a lot of that watching you in the early days. And like me and Wendy would do that. We would just sit there all day and it was like, it would allow us to go on tour for no money mm-hmm. because when we would do that, we'd be able to pull like, you know, sometimes a couple grand a night just selling merch. Man, you used to yeah. Kansas City shuffle with print. You turn your head after you perform, you turn left, you right behind that merch table yeah. smiling. Yo, that's what I see. Yo, I seen, I seen evidence do that shit like yeah. all night. I seen evidence come on stage <laughs> and then back at that merch all <laughs> night long. And Ed didn't used to do that. Evidence really? didn't do that till he went on tour with Rhyme Sayers. Yeah. Mm, he used to be yeah. a hangout backstage guy. Mm, and then yeah. he started seeing, like, wait a minute. Like, okay. Some I'm money on the table. A lot of money. Yeah. 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 I mean, when we were on Warp Tour, and, and you did Warp Tour, I think, too, right, Brent? Uh, I didn't do Warp Tour. No, okay. I, remember, I think I. I think that was, you know, I set that tour out. I was, I was, yeah, it was probably a good move. I was like, but this is too rough for me. We, I mean, we did the same, like, we did the same thing. We sit at the merch booth, but kids weren't coming because they weren't there to see hip hop. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we just had to throw all of our merch in backpacks yeah. and walk around and just find groups of kids and be like, yo, Star you got Buster. a dollar, you got a dollar, you got a dollar, ten dollars, burn everybody a copy of the CD. And then, you know, just like do that. Like, we would just put on shows in the middle of the sidewalk. Yeah. just to sell merch it was like Start busking man you gotta yeah. be swift and changeable man but and like you know all these other kids TV. would just sit there and complain that they weren't getting any money and it's like there's money out there 
Oh yeah. yeah, you got to go and get it. That yeah, it's like a sales job that we didn't know we were signing up for. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know that. I left my job in sales to go into another job in sales. Exactly. <laughs> the skills transferred though. Yeah. Huh? Um, I'm Harvey Cliff. You might know me from such great albums as the one I did with Steel Tipped Up, Strangers on a Train. Try to start a lot of shit or a little bit. I'm indifferent to your middle it. I've been in the middle, man. Ball so wild, brown cracks when I dribble, man. Or you might know me from all those hip-hop comedy clubs I did so well in. You, you ever find yourself at home working on your album and you're doing a skit and all of a sudden your wife comes into the room looking for her scissors and she just looks at you like... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I'm not DJing down at Broncontios or eating watermelon jerky, I'm listening to another classic episode of a podcast that just got a brand new logo designed by me. Call Out Culture, hosted by Alaskas, Zilla Rochere and Curly Castrata. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for letting me do it. You can check out more of my artwork at harveycliff.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Peace. Hey, come on down to harveycliff.com. We got beach balls for the fall. I uh, got Steve Martin's sink. It's its first sink. He just left it here. Got some casingles for only a buck. Um, huge assortment of used yoga mats, biggest in the district. Call our culture for more episodes than ever. God damn it. We love it. We're plugging everybody's music our records anybody else want to send the ad just email curly castro directly we'll we'll come (laughs) back with a swift pleasant response incredible something having to do with blades or pharaoh blades opium whatever you want to say i I give good email (laughs) i I give good email yo pharaoh that opium blade is precise yeah logic came at me my neck the other day on twitter (laughs) Him and superstition were making fun of some people. What is that? He said somebody calling oh. somebody king, king or something. Yeah. yeah. Come on, King. Beloved King. On, Beloved like, King. Look, I said, I said, I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> no, look, because look, it's not it's not as easy as you think. So if you've been calling somebody Pharaoh for a couple of messages, like, all right, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I gotta, I gotta switch it up to Lord, the legend. Like the adjective well, gotta roll, man. You gotta keep it up, man. Okay. Come on, Constable, chill, man. I'll I, I fall back to son, but I, I'm not calling you your name anymore. I'm not saying Mr. Whatever now. I'm, 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 we're, in the, we're in the Matrix now, man. So, like, yeah. we got to keep it going, man. What's we're in the Matrix. Cipher? I don't know what your name is. But, no, I, I try to be really uh, uh, complimentary. So, I give good email. So, you know, check it out. <laughs> Word. Wow. That's fire. So, check this out. Um, we got the Blueprint book, man. Yo, I was lucky enough to get this wild early i read it i love it 10 traits man that you know what's fun about this book is i like that you talk like you said you have the indie hustle dudes in there like evidence then you had the street dudes like nipsey and west side gun and so listen you already said yeah and i we know this you don't give a fuck but was was there any trepidation being like uh, are my fans ready to read about Rock Marciano and Nipsey and Westside next to, you know, like like the quote unquote good guys in the indie world? Because I think what's dope about it is you're connecting all the points of being like, here's what I have done in my career as Blueprint and Indie Cat and Columbus. And here's what Nipsey Hussle did after he and his team got bagged up by the police and had to operate a street mentality and got ditched by the majors. Like, how, how did you go about it thinking here's a connective tissue to always people where you're like, Hey, I just think they're dope. I, I respect them as a businessman myself. Like, how did you pick those guys? Uh, one of the first things I realized was like, so I had a draft of the book maybe two years ago and it was really short. Like I had written like, you know, just about one person uh, for each trait. 
and I was I was gonna make it like a little ebook, and I was like, this is a cool little ebook. I'll just get this away one day or something like that when I get back. Right. And then I started thinking like, yo, this this could be a legit book. And I was mm. like, but but to be a legit book, you can't just make it an underground hip hop book. Mm. And 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 realizing that, yo, anybody who really wants to be successful can't they can't afford to just look at underground rappers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Like if you really want that shit, you got to look at everybody successful. And so I started thinking like, yo, there's, there's guys who I admire, who I may not even bump their records that crazy, but I fucking admire them for certain things that they've done, their mentality, how they handle certain things. And so I started thinking about that. Like, yo, if you, if you really want to dive in and make this a real book, it'll take you probably a year to do it, but you can sit there and you can actually write about this and make it more encompassing. And, you know, I thought about it, like what, what would my fans think? What would this, but I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time to, to write something that can appeal to more people because my first three books were just specifically for my fans. Mm -hmm. I was like, these are just for blueprint fans. And in doing that, I was like, you know what, I've been thinking about how can I write about things that are, that have a wider appeal than just people who like me or people mm-hmm. just like me and my, you know, peers who are, you know what I'm saying, that I personally know in my lane. And uh, as I started getting into it, you know, I probably wrote one, probably the one about 50 Cent. And I was like, yo, this is pretty good. And when I wrote the one about Nipsey, I was like, yo, this is this is fire. His story is so fire. I don't care who you are. Right. I'd appreciate this. And so at that point, I was like, I'm not even turning back. I'm just going to write about, I'm not going to write about rappers because they're trendy, you know, because there is some of that, I'm sure, in in writing, just like it is in, in radio and everything, where you want to write about the trendy hot guy mm-hmm. and to sell some books. So I didn't want to take it that way, but I wanted to make sure I covered people who had longer careers so that there would be more stuff to write about. And then typically, you know, if you've had four, five, six years, 10 years sometimes, then it's easier to write about you. And I think people understand that this is not just some person I'm writing about who's got the hot single right now. This person is still, they're a staple. And they mm-hmm. may not be our lane, but they're a staple. And in, in that, you can't dispute uh, what I'm writing about them. So you don't want to write Actual about- Actual facts. Little, you want to write about Lil Nas X. You were like, nah, he ain't-, he ain't Nah, not yet. You need about X more years in the game. <laughs> 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 no, I just I, it's funny. What, what seven billion streams that good enough for you? Print? No, 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 come no. on. We that, just, come I on. just saw somebody bring him up because he hasn't, you know, come up with his next that next kick. But no, um, it's like what Fonte said. Remember we, on, on Twitter the other day, he was like, he was talking about like people getting deals, and he was like, you got to be honest. It's like, a, are, are you an artist or are you an act? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with one or the other. But if you know you're an act like Trinidad James or what, like I, I'm gonna probably be around a year, maybe two years, get a couple hits, a couple remixes, get my money, I'm True out that. the door. Versus I'm the artist, I want to make seven albums, I want to tell a concept story, I want to do autobiographical piece and push boundaries and limits. Nothing wrong with that too. Like how do you want to navigate it? So what was there? Was there someone you were like? <laughs> You wanted to really talk about? It, I'd be like, nah, like that's that that's that's like too far off the deep end for an artist, like too underground or too big. I don't know. No, nah, I didn't have anybody like that who who I didn't that I thought was too big or too small. I think it was just you know every time I thought of somebody, I would have lists of artists, and it was more kind of about who has the best story. 
that's the mm-hmm. you know and so i would look at their stories and like who's displayed this trait in the most public way that even people who may not have seen it if they read this book they're like you're right you know what i'm saying like this mm-hmm. dude did have a crazy sense of perseverance damn i didn't know this dude went through that i didn't know you know rock marciano was signed to flip mode and then mm-hmm. lost that deal and was in limbo then got signed here and lost that deal to steve right. rifkin's group and then you know was dead in the water till sean p hopped on his remix oh, yeah. then it started cracking you know what i mean like most people don't know that they just see him cracking they're like oh yeah he's rock marciano mm-hmm. you know and yeah I was like, that's um yeah print i wanted to ask you about that that the chapter two about patience yeah and the um and the myth of the uh the overnight success i always bring up the uh the shine got, you know, Sean Puffy was inside getting a haircut and Sean was outside rhyming and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just wanted you to talk to the listeners about that. It, you know, because what I don't like about rap is it's is, is become commodified in the sense that, you know, grant, granny rap, anybody can do it. Your dog can rap, your, your duck can rap. And yeah. there's a lot more moving parts to that. So uh, could you, it's chapter two, listeners. Yeah. But it, I think it's a very important chapter. Could you uh, speak on that? Yeah, like the, the patience thing to me, it's kind of, it goes back to what you're saying. Like one of the things I wanted to do with the book was to dispel some of the blow up quick, you know, mythology that exists mm-hmm. in rap. Like there's a there's a, a thing that we all deal with, with guys who just, they want to dip in rap. They want to not call themselves rappers. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. a hustler. I ain't no rapper. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to blow up. I ain't got, I don't need skills, you know? And they, they use this thing to kind of say, who needs patience? You know what I'm saying? Mm. When, when you can blow up overnight. You can't skip be steps. Real. Yeah, you skip steps. I don't got to care about the craft of writing. I don't have to care about, you know, the craft of, or, or study, you know, those who came before me. This, this art form is about blowing up overnight. And so you have these people, these artists who see certain examples of somebody blow up off a single, but they don't necessarily know what all went on behind that. And mm-hmm. so, like, to me, patience is one of the things that I think people in our lane overlook, artists overlook it because they say they just look at, like, when they heard of that artist, mm. you know, what I mean? like, this is when I saw them blow up. So it must have been overnight success. So it just confirms this theory that I have about dudes coming out of nowhere and not putting in work. So I wanted to take that head on with the book. And, and a lot of the things in the book are to show people like, hey, there's a lot of things you, you believe about hip hop. Like maybe it's a bunch of dudes who ain't talented, bunch of dudes who don't put in work. Uh, they come out of nowhere. That the labels blew them up out of nowhere. And and I'm gonna dispel all of that with this book um, by giving you some real practical examples of stories of these things. You know, like like people think like rappers is are like always in the club, always out. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they see the that. videos and they're like, oh, yeah. you always out. You social. You on the scene. I seen your interview with such and such. You always on tour. And it's like nah. Look at look at these guys who are embracing solitude. Look at the guys who are like like Dilla. Look at like Knots. Look at like RJD2. Like look at their work ethic mm-hmm. and what they had to learn that they couldn't have learned had they been at the club. You know what I mean? Socialites. And and I wanted to make sure stuff like that was in the book because people aren't seeing that. They're just seeing somebody get on stage and play, you know, piano, and they think, oh, well, you know, they just learned that real quick. Nah, man. These are people hours. dedicated their 10, lives. Ten thousand hours, uh-huh. yep. yeah, to the to the to the craft, and in doing so, you know, they they separated themselves. That's the backbone of their successes. Yeah, they might be on a label. Yeah, they might have a great song, but understand that there's like certain things that are inside of them that 
uh, allowed them to be successful. And, and, then, and the most important thing is like, there's nothing in this book that you can't develop on your own. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the, the summaries of the chapters was important where I said, okay, now look at what, how all these artists applied this trait. And then in the next section, I say, okay, how you can develop this trait. Mm. Yeah. Because so many, we'll talk ourselves out of that. Like, oh, well, you know, he's just, you know, he's just naturally, you know, has perseverance. I can't, I can't, I just give up too easy. Or they think you're born with these traits, but some people develop it. Some people did give up and some people did push through. Some people did have hard times, but the traits were developed. They can be developed if you don't have them, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fire, man. Well, let me, we want to take another break and then we'll just have like some fun rapping goofy dude shit amongst all of us for a little bit and throw some, uh, some funny questions at these dudes like we would typically do if we weren't uh, promoting incredible pieces of art. We're just having <laughs> friends on. Like we were sitting around drinking, not talking about this man's incredible self-produced album. This dude being a fucking scholarly writer again, getting his books on college shelves probably. That's probably what's going to happen, bro. You're going to get the college book placement. That's 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 the that's the move right there. You're going to get that joint. Yeah, I hope so. Your crib gonna look crazy with the boxes, man. When you get the college books. <laughs> man, and once you start selling college books, you can really mark them shits up to like eighty-five dollars per book. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, it's only two hundred fifty pages, but you know, you 95, know 95 99 sounds about yeah. right. You know, what I'm saying? it's a double down with yeah. the parents' fees. I'll let you I'm rent this PDF for thirty-six dollars for two months. <laughs> right, right. The Audible book is only thirty-five fifty. You know, narrated by me. So get your bread up, man. All right, last oh, break. Come back and have wait, fun. I did want to say I know you, you, but I'm th- I'm like the third person. I don't know if I'm the fifth or whatever. Audio book should be somewhere in your future, and then not necessarily this one. Yeah, you you, you don't know because you, you you hear your voice inside your head. You have a great speaking voice. Uh-huh. You could even do that shit like professionally. So definitely, <laughs> I would suggest an audio book. Maybe where your voice. Yo, is yo, like yo didn't Prodigy narrate his book too? Yeah, he, he did. did. He did. He did. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I thought then, about. I went to do it on the last one, but it was like I think I wrote about it on Twitter, and and it was like the last book I did. People were like, "Yo, do an audio version." Like, what a night! And I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna sit down and start writing. I'm gonna put this pre-order link up. If y'all really serious, pre-order <laughs> <laughs> one pre-order for the audio." All right. I was like, "Y'all are capping." <laughs> oh, yeah. like i'm not putting i'm not gonna sit here and do this shit for three four hours a night edit it like it takes a long time to read a, a book like yes it, does. it was capping like they was not buying that joint i was like oh okay i, I think you'll have a little more that. success this way but i would suggest the same method yeah pre-order, and then we'll see Right, right. If I try, if it if it passes the, the pre-order threshold, then yeah, let's do it. Otherwise, I'm not I'm not letting y'all gas me up like that no more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's be back. Like our last break, I'm gonna come back with some fun stuff with Logic and Print. That'll be it. Call our culture crossover back. Peace, ladies and gentlemen. This is Prem Rock, Wrecking Crew, Shrapnel, all that good stuff. I'm here to tell you about our latest companion piece to the LP. On Backwoods Studios, entitled Flechette. We got a Murderer's Row on there. We got a new track with Elusive. We got Kenny Siegel. We got Willie Green. We got Blueprint. We got August Fanon. We got Analog Tape Dispenser. We got Jeff Markey. We got Blockhead. We got Small Pro. And we got a verse from Cavalier on there. What more do you need? Honestly, what more do you need? It's pay what you will 
on Bandcamp, which is which is crazy to me. That's crazy to me. So if you want to enter a zero in there, the goose egg, that's fine, but that's on you. You got to live with yourself. Uh, you know, we appreciate your support. And shout out to Call Out Culture, the best rap podcast in the world. If you disagree, you just didn't listen. Peace. Boom. The fourth quarter, the Bennigan's break on Call Out Culture. We're back. We're sponsored. You didn't even know. We got we got all the we got all the ill change stores. Chi-Chi's is back. They fuck this with is us. where this is where Zilla gets thrown out of the arena because the old duels have reached the threshold. Old duels. St. Foley <laughs> girls, <laughs> pussy. <laughs> <laughs> And we drink Killian's red. Low and brow. St. George Killian's Killian's oh, red. Please, man. Shit. You're the first person to introduce me to Paps. So Paps. Yeah. yeah no, that, that's that's at the end of the night. That's like way at the end of the I night. I know. It, it's, when you got you like four hours. It's this thing called a car wreck or something. And it's like no, that's car bomb. Car bomb. Yeah. yeah, car bomb. Oof, man. Too many nights on the road with those it's things. Horrible idea. It's a horrible <laughs> idea. There was there was a spot called a uh, Sugar Moms in Philly, and I was hanging out with an uh, atmosphere down there and they, they used to make this drink called a mom's bomb where it was a glass a glass of mountain dew oh got a jaeger inside of it bloop 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 uh-huh. what are you gonna run through a wall nah, like that that's like being an m&m fan with alcohol like you know, just a straight <laughs> shotgun this is about do we'll have booze inside of it all right we're gonna i do remember many uh many a scribble jam to many a jaeger bomb yes oh, oh yes oh. that was a drink of choice that was the ritual yeah. Jaeger bombs. All right, Jaeger bombs. Bombs. We're, we're gonna have a couple, couple like rapid fire questions, but Alaska one and you can go first with something. I mean, it's on that 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 vein. Logic. What's more enjoyable, dropping like the illest verse you've ever written, or watching your son rattle off like an eighty-yard touchdown run that I've seen on Instagram many a time? <laughs> Um, the, the touchdowns are, are pretty awesome. Cause you know, that's my, that's my lineage. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's, that's my <laughs> oh, son. That's you, that's so, Select yeah, like, highlight editing. I would like to say, I don't see any other plays. I've seen many a play. There's like pick sixes. There's like 25 yard scampers. No, you, you know, holding you, you know what I mean? 40 yard punt returns for touchdowns. No, you're saying, you're saying yeah. Yeah. And he plays, yeah, he's got his reel going. He's, he plays yeah. both sides. He plays yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Let me shut my mouth up. Okay. Yeah, he's nasty, man. He's nasty. Right, you know what that means? Early rapper time and we go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yo, did, did, did that happen with Maceo's kid? Yeah, you're gonna be like Maceo up in uh, the Auburn games. <laughs> yeah, his son was his son was balling out. Yo, here, right, here. he ain't gonna speak. He ain't gonna speak on it, but yeah, he plotting on them Titan boxy. Hey man, hey, you know. <laughs> If it's available, you know what I'm saying? Got Urban Meyer coming to the game. Urban Meyer. <laughs> shaking hands with mayors and stuff. Oh, yeah. Good, good guy. All right. All right. Here's a question I'm going to ask these dudes. Who is, in your opinions, the best worst rapper of all time? Ooh. The best worst rapper of all time? Yeah. Yes. When, we had, when we had a talk a few months back, I think our consensus was common. Yeah. The best worst yeah. rapper of all time. Yeah. The best worst rapper. You're like he's just mm. the worst, but he's just really good at it. He, of the uh, worst, he's, he's the best. So I'm gonna say, say I got one. Oh, be legit. E40's <laughs> <laughs> guy, be legit from the sick with it crew. Yeah, from the sick with it yo, crew. Yeah, the ultimate sidekick. Message bleak before bleak, yo. He's right there. Always what like typeset like a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be like two feet behind. Wasn't he a dude with like he never had facial hair? That always made me uncomfortable. No, nah, I never had facial hair. Never no, had facial dude. hair. No, nah, yeah. nah. be legit. Always, uh... He had a crazy voice, but he would just say some random ass shit. Like, damn, you gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I love his voice. I, I find yeah, myself great when I'm listening to 40, I'll be singing along with B Legit's verses like oh and always. You know, and always. Like, yo, he's kind of trash, but he's kind of, you know, he's enjoyable. It's the best word. <laughs> if you go to if you do an image search of B Legit, every photo looks like your dad when he when you come home and you did something fucked up. Oh, yeah, every single photo that's the facial expression. Disapproving look on all the It's just like I can't believe you did that shit. We're gonna have to have a talk. Be legit look like mall security. Yo, no facial hair ever. I'm looking at all his pictures. There you is... got that you got a receipt for that? Oh you hey, got hey. a receipt for that. You don't up out of here. Stop playing. That's funny. You ain't buying nothing, get out. That's a be legit look. He's a, a human embodiment. You ain't, you ain't buying, you ain't buying nothing, get out. <laughs> Logic, what you got now? Uh I would say silk the shocker. That's oh. worse, cut. No, he's the worst, worst. Yo, I can't get <laughs> nah, through uh, Silk 16. You can get through it? Could I? Hell no. But <laughs> just listening to him, like, just growing up, listening to Silk the Shocker, I always thought that his style was so unique. And I, I, I just enjoyed listening to his verses, even though he wasn't saying shit. <laughs> and he was offbeat a lot of the times. But I just enjoyed time. like listening to it because he was doing something that nobody else was doing, and he didn't give a fuck. I yeah. thought he had and balls. I just enjoyed it personally because he knew. I thought he had balls because he had to know it was the worst thing ever, and he just gonna keep doing it. I thought it would be. He some just kept switch. doing it. So he would go like ever. Golden Platinum. Remember, they would always have like the ads. Oh God, he would definitely he would d- double up. And I thought at one point he would like you know like even Wayne. I, it was um, Wayne was much later, but I thought Silk would like. Level up at least like Fat Joe or something. Never happened. Nah. He's got like an ill tattoo of like a dude like being electrocuted. Did you ever see his tattoo? Yeah. It was is that um? Like, it's it like Electro or something, but it was it wasn't. Oh, like that's the, um, Electro. But that's his uh his his um his like spirit animal for his like first couple albums. Remember, it was like he soaked up shocker. So like they yeah, so I'm saying it was like a dude be electrocuted or something. Shit, but he they would go with the uh that shocker movie. Um, oh, the horror right. movie Shocker. Yeah, I think they were doing a couple of a couple of videos like that. Well, no, the what the it ain't my fault video. It, it's him and Mystical, and they got like the jumpsuits on. Yep, yep, that's the shock. Like, that's when that movie Shocker, I think. Wait, is Shocker oh. the one where like he goes through TVs and shit? Is it that? Yeah, one? yeah, yeah he, he gets he gets put up death row. <laughs> ain't it like um Lepeggy? Who's who plays him? Isn't it um oh, Skinner? Man, they got me Skinner plays him. Skinner from X Files is Shocker. <laughs> Shocker! I think it's him. Yeah. Hold on. No, wait. Yo. Oh, this, they they put him on. I thought. I thought it was. Um. I thought it was dude from a total. No. Wait. Wait. I'm. I'm totally fucking wrong with this. No. Nah, he's the. He's the one picture. I it was Jeff up. Fahey. Oh, no. Jeff Fahey. I don't know. Hold from on. Lost. Now it's somebody you don't even know. It's some nah, dude it's named somebody. Mitch Pelegi. Yeah, Mitch Pelegi. <laughs> yo. <laughs> from X Files. Yo, Skinner. Agent Skinner from X Files. Yo. DA oh shit! You're right. He is. He was also yeah. in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> nah, man. That's whatever, man. He was Skinner on okay, X Files. Sure he was a t- Walker, Texas Ranger. Yo, don't mess with my X Files, man. That's that's X-Files. where to start. You know what I'm saying? Beginning and end. All right, here we go. Ready? Round two. Ray or Ghost? Oh, Ghost. 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 Yeah. Easily. You're thinking Catalog about that hard, man. You're thinking about that. You're like, oh, I don't know. Right now, I gotta go right. At this I mean, day and time, I gotta go right today. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right now, yeah. Ghost can't even rap on beat right now. To be honest, right. it's really it breaks my heart <laughs> hearing him rap now. Sad. 
I'm just it's like, like you like raps by numbers. I can predict every line he's about yeah. to say. Yeah. His voice sound all weird. You can't, you know what I mean? His beard is high weird. now. His is beard it, all high. Let it grow in. His best track way this high decade now. was the video Disinaction action, Bronson. Yeah, and then he was holding a bat, and you know what I'm saying? He kept wait, well, who was there though? Was um like old ladies. Was Wigs there? No, it was Might have been Sean Wiggs. Wiggs was there, I think, in that video. Sean yeah. Wiggs. Sean Wiggs was there. All right, what's, what's the other one I want to say? Oh, yo, you would notice who would really win in a battle? Be be real, evidence or alchemist? Like who? Would win? Like what? What kind rap of battle? Beat battle or rap battle and beat battle? Got way better lyrics than alchemist. I think alchemist is like alchemist got that New York voice kind of that gravelly kind the of. The stepbrother stuff funny. is good, so but Ev, but Ev is like you know. Ever got decades on that I shit. consider Ev a real rapper. No disrespect to Alchemist. I consider Alchemist yeah. a, a producer. I think Al's gotten better, like a lot better. And it was like not not only like an evidence level, but like I was like, if they were just ba- is evidence a battle rapper? Because I feel like Alchemist could win. Yeah, them. I mean a lot Ev of is a, a lot of the, rapper. Ev will hit yeah, you a lot of the dilated was some, some clever right, yeah. yeah. See, I, I think Alchemist could and just a battle, I think he could like win you over, just be like ridiculous. Nah, man. Because nah, I put money on it. <laughs> I put money on it that Ev came like Ev been battling. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. I'm sure he ain't just, you know. Well, Ev and him were around in a good lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah they just... were around in at the good life. They were teenagers. You know, he told me. You know, when I interviewed, so like they came up seeing that whole thing, freestyle fellowship, all of that that freestyling. So if you was at the good life, if you went there and Rocker was heavy into that shit, you know what I'm saying? Then you had to be able to hold your own. You know what I mean? Oh, right, speaking on that, best freestyler you've seen with your own eye? Vortal. Oh, no, damn, he said yeah, that name trip. Right away. Vortal. Yeah. I thought yeah, y'all were going to say Dose or Peace. All right. Nah, I would either say Vortal or I- Idea, but I would say Vortal is a guy who just, his, his ability like, to black out is just like, oh, man. He so really just rhymes go- coming out of his pores. Yeah, and he still can do that. Like he'll he can still just black out and go. And when he gets in that bag, it's like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Alaska. I'm sure Alaska remembers on the time travel. I was uh, just thinking show. of that shit. Like I just remember yeah. him going. I was like, I'm not going anymore. Can you still tolerate? <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> Primo and P. <laughs> Can I tolerate what? Oh no! Right, let me let me let me. Their, their beats? No, like you already know how I feel about them too. Okay, let me. No, no, what's your honest does. opinion <laughs> about the Green Eyed Bandit? <laughs> As a rapper. He got some classics, everything that he man. does as a human oh, being. Man, I love Eric Sermon, man. Now, <laughs> everything. Wow, you I like the EPMD Eric Sermon. I'm not buying no yeah. Eric Sermon solo albums, right? That's not me. Okay, like, I don't Marvin like Gaye song. Like you don't fuck with the Marvin Gaye joint. Just it's cool. He was horrible. He's serviceable on that joint. He don't suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? But nah, I'm EPMD Eric Sermon was that guy. Ooh, Castro, Castro. Castro. And they got a catalog. They, they catalog yes. it. Nah, man, it's an illusion, man. It's what? an illusion, man. We were all about it because what they were rocking. His voice was Crazy. way out of pocket. Nah, man, them joints, you can still put them everything. joints on. Yeah, and you listen to them lyrics now as a grown man. Fire. Start questioning what you was doing as a teenager, rocking with that shit. He's fire. <laughs> nah, fire. man, I'm sorry. I can't. Fire. I can't, man. I, I never could. And they let me don't tell have... you. 
I used to go along with it. Oh, EPMD. No, man, I, I can't. Here's the thing about EPMD that I'll say. EPMD aged well because they wasn't trying to do too much. Like okay. all them other dudes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, I agree, I agree. <laughs> the crazy inflections and shit, EPMD stayed solid. They was the first dudes rhyming behind the beat. So they shit sound natural now to me. Mm-hmm. Like they still sound great. Like because they weren't, and they weren't with all the like the dated punchlines. I mean, they would sing some songs that sounded crazy back then, mm-hmm. you know, but. They wasn't like fight dog with the will will you know what I'm saying? Will Laura fuck Urkel, you know what I'm saying? Oh, never. That's a beat trying to life right there. Drinks. That's a beat yep. You know what I'm saying? Like they on the mic. That's why I could still fuck with their shit. Like, and they had dope voice and their production was banging. Production. Yes. Production. So like, as a, but I'm not buying no solo Eric Sermon records. <laughs> you know? So I have no desire to under, under pressure. What was the one called? No pressure. I remember that joint. I don't know. The last one was Vernia with the owl on the front. Yeah, he but, started uh, his own stream platform, man. Eric Sermon, Alaska. Yeah. What solo line. rapper had the best three album run? Which solo record? Solo, solo rapper? rapper. Yeah. No groups like no Gangstar, no Outcast. Mm. Mm. This, this is a tough one, man. It's gonna with yeah, no groups. That's hard. No groups. Yeah. You gotta be a solo, a solo I mean, you could be like a rapper and a DJ, but you can't have an official group name. So you could be like Eric B and Rakim, but yeah. you can't be Gangstar. That's the rules. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it, my answer was always Billy Woods. And then I could pick different three sets of records. Either three on I mean, if we go in there, if, if we go in there, I personally would say ASAP. Which three? I would say um, the first three. Okay. What, like Earthworms 3 or Float? No, not Earthworms. No, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking official. So okay. Float, um, Labor Days, and, and what? Bazooka 2 was after that, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say Ghostface. I'm going to say yeah. Ghostface. Mm. That's what they would do. Uh, I'm yes. talking between Ghost and Cube. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's oh, yeah, Cube, Cube is a, a good one. Super run. Yeah. Cube is the good one. Yeah, and Ghost's run was just like, damn, you're yeah. the dopest dude in the woo now. I'd rather yeah, he, he leveled all the way. He leveled all the way up. Yeah. What was his third? Bulletproof he, Wallace. Yeah, so yeah. Iron Man, before. Supreme Bulletproof, or you could even go Supreme Bulletproof, Pretty Tony. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, I'm with ghosts or cute. What was your thing about P Rock and <laughs> Premier? <laughs> no, my thing is the best three album run could have been Mike Geronimo, but the out three albums, he didn't have a three <laughs> no, song run without <laughs> one album. He right there at Royal Pleasure. No, two albums, The Natural and Vendetta. Vendetta with, with Vendetta. the Timberland stomping on the camera. Yo, I never heard of that record. Okay. Was, yo, the, he's got he's got that. That was the Puffy album. Yeah, and he like got jigged out. Now. And he's, he's I feel got, like he's got a Castro just exposed himself of going to that spot on West Fourth where you get the five dollar CDs with the cutouts. Yeah, it's the only yo. reason you would have had Vendetta. First yeah, of all, I had a visual yeah. one and I had TVT a record. I would double down. Yeah, it came out. Blue bright bright blue background. He was yeah, on Drink Jing Chance. I love I love Mike Jordan. Oh, was he? Oh no, no, his yeah. first record oh, he, was yeah, he's, um, it's coming out. So he, he's got okay. him and um him and Royal Flush on there talking shit. About oh it. yes. I love Royal Flush. So yeah, my first said he was my friend. With OC that was fire. Oh my god. It was a man yeah. versus many or something like that? Or 
He's the um he's the one that had the um with that Jay-Z and DMX on one song. Uncredited. Yeah, usual yeah. who? Yeah. Mike? Yeah, Mike did. Oh, Mike Geronimo. Yeah. Then he had a song mm-hmm. called Usual Suspects. It has like it had like tragedy Gaddafi DMX Ja Rule on it, like way before Ja popped. On that no, my joint was um was the IC. What was it called? IC something. Master IC. Master IC. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it for me, man. I was you couldn't tell me I was in Brooklyn rocking that shit. Love Mike. Somebody should holler at him, get a verse. Mike Geronimo? Yeah, yeah, man, he's still out there. I, I heard he's like a locksmith or something. He has like he, he should holler at us. <laughs> he don't have my numbers. He, my, he ran in my building. He ain't got my number. Just call my crib, but I ain't even give you my number. Yeah, you can't have all that shit. And any other, any other fucking oddball. All right, <laughs> I got a question. I got a question. <laughs> what do you think of the prospects of Kevin Porter Jr. and um, who's my other guy? Is he on on the Cavaliers? Kevin Porter. The point Jr. The point, the point No, the other guard. Oh, Colin uh, Sexton? Sexton. Yeah, Sexton. I don't trust none of them fools. <laughs> <laughs> none of them. Oh, no, I can't. I can't subscribe to that, yo. I can't vouch for none of them. Colin Sexton is good, but he's on a trash team. So it's like good stats on I'm not sure if he's good. The Garland kid is just terrible. <laughs> nobody. You know what I mean? Uh he can't shoot, which is why they said he could shoot his pre-draft shit. Oh, he can shoot like Steph. He's a step-like shooter. His percentage <laughs> just low volume. Gets in the league, he's shooting 25% as a rookie <laughs> on limited volume. You know what I mean? Mislabeled, yo. Uh, the other kid got with the crazy hair. Yeah, uh, Kevin Ford. I like it. Yeah, Kevin Ford. I like it. He looked like he could play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looked like yeah, Rattail. He looked he got like the if you could draw up a modern baller, yeah. Here, he, template. he looked like he gonna do damage, and his shot is broke. He, oh is broken. He can't shoot for nothing. Uh, I don't trust none of them dudes. They need you miss, to- you miss Jordan Clarkson. You miss Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is on Utah right now. They got rid of him. Stop it. Yo, Jordan Clarkson, he would get 18 points, no assists every game. Yo, if he yo, that dude never pass the ball. His life. He know his role. He never, pa- never passed the ball. Look, Jordan Clark's gonna Young. have a job for the next ten years in the NBA, doing exactly what he do now. Fire off the bench, no passes, Fire. no assists, no no Fire. passes. None. The a new playoff age team Trevor picking Ruffin. up every year. Yeah, new age Trevor Ruffin. I'm shooting this ball. He like microwave Vinny Johnson. New yeah, age Vinny Johnson. Fly. People didn't know about Vinny was a chucker. That's why they call it Michael. He oh, wasn't passing yeah. it to Isaiah. Now you had to shoot to get <laughs> All right. Do I have any other wacky questions? Except <laughs> Pete Rock and Premier, we'll wrap it up because you, you you were going somewhere good and you edited yourself. We don't do that shit. Hey, just do, do it. you still this believe? I ain't afraid to hate on nobody on y'all podcast. Do y'all oh, still man. believe? Why you going to listen to this one? <laughs> do y'all still believe in the um, the mysticism and the hip hop magic of Pete Rock and DJ Premier? Primo more than Pete Rock. I believe Pete. I believe in Premier still got it, because at yeah. least he's been a part of some records that I really liked in the last. You know what I mean? Okay. No, nah, bro. No, nah, fam. Pete's, nah. Pete's got some stuff. Pete's got. Pete's okay. He's not like I think Premier with the uh, with the stuff with Royce. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Prime. Yeah, okay. with the Prime stuff. Really good stuff. When he got like when he ain't got to worry about clearing samples and shit like that, he can give you some stuff. But 
you know, we know what they're gonna do, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not a surprise. Yeah, a Pete Rock, man. I don't know about him sometimes, man. Did you pick this guy's new <laughs> album? No, the, beat, the really beats are fucking retropolitan. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, beats are that's the best. That's is he doing alphabetical one. slaughter again or whatever it is? Or did no, he that, do that the was slaughter this time? That was Papoose. You got oh, guys who Papoose. What's the difference? I knew that a lot. <laughs> Ain't no difference, man. One, one dude, one, one dude, hey. girl went to jail. One hey. sound like Jay Z, the other one sound like Jay, like Bleak. What's the difference? Don't, don't, don't confuse. <laughs> Wait, what's the, what's the other Bauer brothers? He? It's guys oh, Torrey, 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 baby. That's what it's Torrey sound like the the miscellaneous Gangstar Foundation rapper on every. Oh season. yeah, that's one out. The Big Torrey. You just forget his name. Like which which extra Gangstar dude is the that? The other one, that guy, that guy, the one yeah. to go after Shug. Yeah, right, the one right. to go after Shug. The one after Shug. You know the Pete, Pete Rock shit on um, what's his name? He did the was it with the statute of limitations? It's like Benny. Oh yeah, he him, did Benny, and Benny Smoke Dizza. Beats yeah, are great. Good. Yeah, they're that's pretty good. Yeah, he he has his I'm flashes. Just, I, my, he has I, like I, serious the reason flashes. I ask that question is just because, like, you know, I'm I'm all about bursting the bubble. So enough is enough. Like, kill you your know, kill your masters. Melly so, Mel is still selling sixteens like that. Well, like, just <laughs> hang it up. So the so here album. here here's my question: What's oh, the okay. what's the one rap sacred cow you're willing to kill right now? <laughs> well you know this is i say this on twitter all the time i don't know if it's a rap sacred cow but my something that i'm willing the hill i'm willing to die on is that prodigy's performances on the first mob deep record are better than Nas's on illmatic verse for verse oh my God. I, I, can, I feel that i can feel that i'll die on that hill <laughs> I put him. I, I mean, put hell on earth. Prior and it's no insult to Nas's record. It's just that if Prodigy wasn't in a group, we would be talking about him in the same light for that performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it on our on saying. our Nas episode that Nas isn't even the best rapper in his projects. Come on, oh, <laughs> God, here we go. Now where are we at? We're in a dark tunnel, and I'm <laughs> is that too hot of a take? Is that too hot? No, that no, one is no perfect. Like yo, I his did, verse, his verse on I Shot You might be the greatest rhyme of all time. Prodigy, it's it's and he was like twenty three. The fact that he's passed on, you know, some people are trying to take away some of his legacy, like, oh, you're only, you know, acting like that. But if you really do a, a, a divisive scientific study on Prodigy, you would be very surprised. And you're right, Print, because he was in a group, you looked at that same way. Same thing I guess happens to, I wouldn't say Dre, I'd say more Big Boy. Nobody yeah. considers mm. Big Boy as his own piece um, right. because he was in a group for so long. Um, Daylight. But yeah. I remember there was, but there was a time when they were, people were pushing like passes, like, so much better than Dayla. I remember that. It was like uh around that 911 for Amadou time when he was doing so much. The news is one of my favorite rappers. Oh, he's great. But True Glory is better. Dove is better. He's the best thing on Dayla. I think yeah, well, I he, agree with you. he got better. He wasn't he, what? What? He wasn't the better one. He's it's so easy. Better. It's so that easy. was the third album, fourth album. That was like nine albums. In. Is high. Yeah, that was nine. Is high. They're neck and neck. On yeah. Stakes Inside, yeah. that's why that album is classic because they're both rhyming at the same caliber. Balloon Mind State is where Dave is like turns into like a butterfly from a worm. Mm-hmm. That's when he opens up all his style box and tries. The sad thing though is that's also when Pasta Noose was at his highest power. Exactly. So you didn't notice it as much, is all I'm saying. I noticed it afterwards. I realized True Boy, the dub, was the best one. He's the best member of Daylight. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, my hill that I die on is that Prince Poe 
outperform Pharaoh on the first Organized Confusion album. Which oh, one? The first self title. Yeah. The, the first one. With, the self titled um, one. I Hypnotical Gases. We yes. were, we were, when we did, yeah, we yeah. talked about stress. We were definitely um, focused on pumping up Prince Poe because I yeah, think. Um, I said I said on that episode that if you gave Prince Poe both them albums as a solo artist, if he was the only dude on both those records, we'd be like, this is one of 25 best dudes who ever lived. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> fantastic. Like, literally, yeah. he's really. But I think something about, uh, I guess, Pharaoh's charisma, because it's not just style. They, their styles are both oh, yeah. hi- highly yeah. intergalactic, yeah. but there's something about Pharaoh's charisma and also, I think, the solo piece afterwards that makes people go retroactively like, oh, Pharaoh, 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 much. Like, the, right, he was right. in that group by himself. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's the one. I'm, I'm actually gonna listen to that. Now. I'm gonna listen to that. I don't listen to that one enough. It's a good record. It's got a lot of a lot. I've listened to it again recently. There's like some real high points and some real like. <laughs> ooh, that was '89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that is very true. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, that's it, man. I got no more fun. Go all jokes. right. Gentlemen, let's, we let's do it. Let's wrap them up. We uh we we thank y'all so much for gracing yeah. out. Our little poor boys. Uh, sir, can I have some soup? Uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, can I have some more? I, I remember. I, that, I remember watching Oliver. Like, what is this? This is horrible. Why is his clothes like that? Like, can you give him some clothes? He doesn't have pants. He was, he was, he was homeless, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, he didn't have pants. He had this bag on, and, but he had a bowl and a wooden spoon. Now you got to trade that for some pants, little homie. Um, <laughs> but also. Uh, Thank y'all for appearing tonight. And um, is there anything y'all want to promote other than what we've been promoting? Nah, uh, nah, nah. Just hey, tune in. You know. Yeah. And, uh, y'all keep doing right. what y'all do, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing the dopest podcast on the planet. You know, the most infamous. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. So get we... that autopilot record. Me and Castro working know. on some music. You know what I mean? Bang. Oh yeah, y'all don't even know. Y'all, y'all don't even don't know even about know. that. Y'all no, we got that coming. Um, yeah, so we just want everybody go out there, go get the 10 traits for successful mm-hmm. hip-hop artists. Go get autopilot on vinyl yeah. and CD. Get, get yourself it. a t-shirt. We got Nihilist Millennial. No, yeah. we don't. They we might have, we so- got five copies left in existence. Yeah, five That's copies. Five yeah. copies for left. So nice. Get yourself nice. that. Get yourself yeah. the digital. Shrapnel mm-hmm. sold out. Sold like out. y'all, look, mm. y'all snoozing, y'all losing. So like Straight that's up. what's happening. We still got blue with CDs. We got t- like y'all got to get with the program. Get in line. All right, mm. get your digital things in order. Get your, get your credit cards, your debit cards right in front of you. You know you got the number memorized and start punching in them buttons, man. Yeah. We got stuff for y'all. We change your life. So we would like to thank Super Duty Tough Work, the most infamous appearing, a Logic Blueprint both. Thank you, brother. Um, oh yeah, and um, Blueprint he got a couple of beats on my next record. See, like, like I'm wow. trying to tell y'all, y'all even, you know, like power moves all over. Tell them, you know what I'm saying? All over the place. Tell them. You know, we ain't playing chess, man. We playing. We ain't playing. We playing. I was people say, oh, we ain't playing chess. This is chess, not check. Motherfucker, this is Othello. Right. Mm. Get back, all right? Back go. Othello, man. Go. Back gaming, all right? With your mom, <laughs> blow the dust off you. <laughs> How do you play this game? Yeah, suckers. Pull out that pinochle card, man. We're playing for money. <laughs> Not little crackers. Pull your dollars out. My grandma used to play me for dollars with that pinochle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. All right. Yo, man. So we good. Call out culture. Everybody be safe out there in any way possible. All right. We out. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.